I'm Daniel Fox, and you're listening to episode 59 of Who's on Top. And welcome back to episode 59 of Who's on Top. I'm your host, Ori Benari. It is April 26, 2021. And boy, does Daniel's audio sound good today. Speaking of Daniel, there he is. So cute. Daniel Fox. Oh, I love, you know what? I don't always get to go first, but when I do, it just, it just warms the old heart. Well, Daniel's first in pretty much everything. Next, we have the bearded man himself, Jacob Kasten. What's up, guys? Let's talk some sports. Is this a style choice or a laziness choice? Style, baby. He looks good. And speaking out of turn, we got the UFC pro Ellis Gordon. What's good? I was I was just wondering, you know, got to keep up with my latest styles. And finally, uh, who's on top's resident poet laureate, Jeremy Giles. As always, at your service. And I was I don't know if you're trying to keep up with what's on top, but what's on top for you is clearly not working. <laughs> oh, oh, Jeremy Giles with some amazing takes. We have an amazing episode planned for you. We're almost at episode 60, which is pretty exciting. Uh, so let's start off with some tip-off right to Daniel. Daniel, take it away. Yes, this is the tip-off. Doop, doop, doop. Ooh, extra doot right there. Um, I'll start, as always, with a little baseball and the red-hot Oakland A's. They started the season, I believe, 1-6, and six, and then they reeled off 13 straight wins. Um, I had them f- winning the AL West, but I don't know what you guys – I know there's a lot of Astros and Angels talk, but the A's just really have hit their stride. We got another great Padres-Dodgers series. Padres took two out of th- four in Chavez Ravine. The last game was crazy. The Padres were down 7-1. They came back 1-11. Um, and then just some notable players – uh, well, Fernando Tatis hit five home runs in three games in L.A., which no one has ever done. He's back and healthy, making a lot of errors, but he's hitting the crap out of the ball. Uh, Corbin Burns has set a record. Most strikeouts without a walk. He got a little roughed up today, but that's okay. Uh, still hasn't walked anyone this season, which I th- think is just unbelievable. And finally, Jacob DeGrom uh, collected two hits, struck out 15 in a win over the Phillies this weekend. He's just at another level in 0.30 ERA, but he's got the Red Sox coming to town on Wednesday. That should be, I'll be watching. I know all our baseball fans here will be watching too. Um, Yeah, so that's baseball for this week, but to move on to a much less exciting sport, I'm going to kick it over to Ori. I get to put on my little analyst hat and talk about soccer. Um, I'm assuming we want to discuss uh, the Super League and, you know, the fact that it didn't happen. Well, we had, I know Daniel is suffering a little bit of uh, trauma from that, uh, that super league discussion last week. It was way too long for him, but I'm going to, we did I have to, not only did I have to sit through it, I had to go back and edit it. (laughs) Amazing. I'm so happy. I'll keep this short and brief. Uh, Manchester city is just like the Groot of soccer. They're the guardians of the premier league and all of soccer. Uh, So just to kind of recap, uh, Manchester City and only Manchester City decided to pull out of the Super League, and that eventually caused the collapse of the Super League because they're by far the biggest team in soccer right now. Uh, they're doing exceptionally well in the Premier League as well, still first, and they're doing well in the Champions League where they are in the semifinals, right, Ellis? Um, so exciting to see soccer kind of stick to its tradition, kind of a conservative mindset right now. Ellis, you have anything else to say? Yeah, good, good, good win for soccer and the people of England and Europe. So yeah, Super League collapsed. But oh, actually, I do have something to say. Actually, Florentino Perez said that the Super League will be back. Who's he the wants fl- back. who's who's Florentino Perez? Oh, he's sorry, he's the um. We mentioned it last episode, but he's Real Madrid's um 
president, who was going to be the president of the Super League. Um, but yes, I'll have a tribute to the Super League after this next segment. All right, finally, I'm going to kick it over to Alice with some United Fighting something new. Championship. Championship. Um, so in the United Fighting Championship, we had quite the day on Saturday for UFC 261, the first fully packed event in all of America. Uh, stadium was fully packed. It was crazy. Not sure how I like, I like that move, but it is it is what it is. So we had three title fights on the line, two women's, one men. Valentina Shevchenko continued her dominant streak in the UFC, um, won, literally won her title against, she pretty much defended her title against the whole division against the Brazilian Jessica Andrade with a typical Valentina Shevchenko performance, took her to the ground, beat her up a little bit. And, and I mean, in the end, she ended up doing her little Ukrainian, I actually don't know what that dance is from, but it looks Ukrainian, like a Russian dance in the end of the ring. Um, Thanks one to no one. Um, yeah, clearly. Then in the other woman's strawweight bout, Thug Rose or Rose Namajunas became the first woman to regain her title in the UFC after losing it to Zhang Li, sorry, after losing to um, Joanna Jaicek, who lost it to Zhang Li, who now lost it to Rose Namajunas with a great, so it's a great left hand, oh, not left hand, left uh, left kick to the head, took her to the ground, and Rose's grappling is oh, better than, yeah, superior. So uh, on the ground, just hammered it away, and Zhang, Zhang Li had a 21-fight win streak and fighted two fight of the years uh, nominees up to this point. So this was no easy win. She, Rose was the, um, Zhang Li was the betting favorite. Rose was the underdog, and she happened to pull out on top, so good for her. And the last fight of the night was the UFC welterweight bout versus Kamaru Usman, Jorge Masvidal 2. The first bout went to Usman in a pretty kind of boring fight, but Usman controlled it throughout. This, on the other hand, was not boring at all. Usman, who's way more known for his wrestling, but has been under the tutelage of Trevor Whitman, so now he can strike. Clearly hit Jorge Masvidal with a perfect, as Jorge Masvidal called it, three-piece in a soda, in the jaw, slapped Jorge Masvidal immediately, and the hammer fists to end it. Truly dominant night, and Kamar Usman's close to becoming the GOAT. Um, he's in the conversation, slowly starting to creep up, and if he wins, if he beats Colby Covington next and a few more wins, you can maybe start considering him the GOAT. He has one loss. He's never lost in the UFC. He has on a 14-fight win streak. And he's fought, he's pretty much, he's at this point, he's refighting fighters because he's beaten everyone. I mean, it's very impressive. So also, pure dominance uh, from another, the Nigerian nightmare. Another notable win of the night was Joe Rogan's face. I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, when he saw the knockout, his, his face just went wide, like a, uh, like a dad at his a little league baseball game. Well, also, um, I feel like I have to mention prayers up to Chris Weidman, who very weirdly, Chris Weidman won the title of, if for those that don't know, a few years back when Anderson Silva kicked him in the leg and broke his leg like clean, like it was. If you can look at the video, I don't recommend it though. And Chris Weidman had the same this this fight had the same exact leg kick, same exact break, so nasty. Prayers up to him and the only UFC fight that's ever been won with no punches thrown because it happened in the first second of the fight. So really sad to see. Prayers up to him. Great event. And with that, let's throw it back to Daniel. Yep, that was the tip-off. Dude, dude, a little bit of a change of pace. Don't usually get UFC in soccer, but you know what? I was in the mood to be bored. Um, so with that, <laughs> so with that, I'll kick it back over to Ori and uh, let's get things rolling. All right, and speaking of rolling, let's roll off the tongue with a poem from Jeremy Giles. Wordplay, I like it. And if we were being bored, I don't know why we didn't talk about baseball more. But uh, anyway, so... In this tribute to the Super League, I thought we should go way back. You know, not Hamilton this time, but I don't know if you guys, I know you guys remember. Bo Burnham, this man, for those who don't know, 
he was a comedian. He was he was part of her childhood. He had two shows, but boy, those were a good two shows. So I I've decided to do a, my own version of a karaoke of one of his songs. All right, and now we are doing a Bo Burnham lower your expectations acapella. Acapella, we all want gold. How many rich <laughs> looking for gold tonight? Woo, ladies and gentlemen. Woo. Yeah, woo that greedy out. There's more where that came from. I know what you want, want, want. You want a league that's sweet, a league that's tough, super power debates for all those stuff. The kind of league that gets all of the best teams without being bothered by that moral junk. A good league, a bad league, a good, bad league, half good, half bad, half league. Has the best team storylines, but none are bad. The best players <laughs> their leagues on the weekend. Now you might think that this league only exists for two days. Guess what? You're right. You want leagues, lower your expectations a few. Because Jake Glazer, the Prem's better than you. If you want leagues, just keep your league and play it. The league's got a thing for feet, say leagues are off then. Now the good thing is that Stan Kroenke has a very realistic expectations for his league. He said, sarcastically setting up a second verse in a comedy song. You want a league that's nice, a league that's hot, obsessed with its team but is insanely hot. The kind of league that you can show off to your fans, loves the players that you hire and always laughs at your joke. A real league, a hot league, a really hot league, a brand new, really hot, real league. Wants to be in charge, doesn't care if you notice, and only as it uses its teams to get gold with. Now that you might think that this league only exists in your mind, but it's real. But last week, it died. You want your league, slow your expectations a lot. You might think your team is a gift, I promise it's not you want leagues just pick a league and stay there then join the super league and let your fans love to climb the offer i don't want the bad teams i don't want middle class slobs and teams with bad head and dead end job because stan won't settle for less than perfect you want perfect opponents a perfect life perfect player or a perfect type but deep down they know they don't deserve it but we all deserve soccer even on the days when we are in our best, we all suck, but soccer can make us suck more. We all deserve soccer. It's the very eh, part of Europe sports. And I would know. I've watched it like twice. That was good. <laughs> Excellent, Jeremy. Excellent. <laughs> good job. All right. After that amazingly talented uh, verse spewing by Jeremy Giles. Thank you, Bo Burnham. Thank you, Jeremy Giles. Uh, who's better you decide that's a little epic rap battles of history reference for you uh let's move on to an amazing game with daniel fox's jacob's twitter game yes this is jacob's twitter game wait what did i call it before i called it something about crying um yeah, um, as we all know, of the, those who have listened before, Jacob's Twitter game, probably my favorite part, um, when they brought me in to do this podcast, um, this is what I put in my contract. I had to get this game. Basically, what I do is Jacob Kasten's Twitter, home of 78 followers, many are bots. Um, I go through all the tweets and I sift through the garbage, the whining, the crying, and I look for these hidden gems these hidden gems. And when I find them, I put them onto my little document and I do, I make a little quiz out of it. 
So let's get started. Um, tough month for Jacob because it was a tough month for Jacob because it was a tough month for the Yankees. And the Yankees lost to the Orioles today. And that moved them to 9-14, and 14, which is not good. Uh, one might call it bad. Um, that's the inverse of the Red Sox. And they're now five games back. So let's. there's a lot of garbage on Jacob's Twitter. And it didn't take long for it to get started. My first question is, how many games into the season did it take Jacob to retweet this? MLB umpires, broken. MLB replay system, broken. MLB front office, broken. Time to fix this disaster up. One, (laughs) half a game. Three. Three innings, no, actually three innings in. Three innings. Corey, Jeremy? I'm I'm down for three innings. I'm I'm going to be there with Ellis, yeah. Oh, you guys are underestimating Jacob. At least he gave it a good 10 games. He gave it a good 10 games. Oh, wow. So Jacob's Jacob, showing some self-restraint. Showing Jacob. some self-respect. Actually, the day before, this isn't a question, but the day before he tweeted, I hate baseball. So that only took nine games. So, But if you think Jacob was doing well, let me, let's keep going. How many tweets this month did Jacob have where his only interaction was his dad? Ooh, I'm going to have to go more than 10. 22. 22. Mm, I'd say... This month, so oh, I how, much, it's the 26th, so basically a whole month. Jacob, Jacob, what's your thing? Wait, 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 He tweeted yeah. less than have... 30 times. Oh, okay, so wait, then I can't oh. revise my answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna say 15. No. I think actually, most of them 22. I'm gonna go with 22, actually. I'm gonna go with 10. All right, well, it was 11, oh, so man. less than 50 percent. Oh, but there's other, there's other things. How many tweets did Jacob have this month with no interactions? Just, I call it the screaming into a blank void. 10. Like, like 10 or something like that. Yeah, 10. 13. How many tweets did Jacob have this month with a non-Michael interaction? Wait, what? Oh, like no liking either? I think no, three. No, no, no. Just someone else actually interacted with the oh. tweets. Two. Three. I, I, I know. Ellis I, got I, it. It was two. I, I, one I, of them was Ellis about UFC, and the other one was me making fun of him. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Everything else is either nothing or is dad. Okay, and Jacob. Jacob. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah. He goes he go, he go strong. That's where I ran. I don't care. Yeah, that's right. Okay, how many it's times like this month did Jacob tweet these words? One of these words. Garbage. Embarrassing. Atrocious. Oh, no. Dumb. <laughs> terrible or undeserving. 30. 20, no, 35. Uh, all of them. All of them. 35. No, it, was only, it was only 12. Oh, what? It was only right. 12. Job, Jacob. Some of them yeah. were actual analysis. This game's kind of showing Jacob's actually, this is probably the best Jacob's looked in one of these games for a long time. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So I, I want Jacob's had a tough month. I wanted to give him some credit. Rough month. As, as Jeremy just told us, lower your expectations. Oh no, maybe raise your expectations. No, no, don't. Okay. Um, not quite. Which player caused Jacob's dad to reply with a picture of Pokemon with an erection? I'm pretty sure actually, I'm pretty sure I know what it is. Yeah, I know who it is. What the hell? All right, to, to all our listeners, it's just Pikachu. Wait, hold up. It's just Pikachu. It's it's Pikachu laying in bed. And it looks like he has some sort of morning wood. <laughs> There's no other way to describe it. Can I say right, who it Jacob, is? Don't answer if you know who it is. A, Bryce Harper. B. I know who it is. I know who it is. All right, A, Bryce Harper. No, no, don't, no, no, don't give me any options. Fine, who is it? Showtime, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just wildly I weird. Know. Makes me question a lot about. <laughs> oh my that. god! Oh my god! Shoni Otani. Damn, that Jacob is. Jacob tweeted Showtime, and Michael was like, "I'm going to reply to my son's tweet with Pokemon with a penis." <laughs> 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 
Oh my god. I love uh, Michael. I love Michael so uh, much. Shout right. out shout out Michael Kazan for producing what the best think? the Kazan Twitter is unparalleled. I 100 percent agree. Alright, yeah. wait, wait. Final There's, one. Give me one thing. Yeah. We we do have to get Dave on Twitter. I think that would be that would be some next level. Would, if Dave was on Twitter, that would just like break Twitter. Just just for context, Dave is uh Michael's older brother. Michael's younger brother um, and Jacob's uncle. So, and Dave's a funny guy. Shout out to Dave uh, Kasdan. Next, this weekend, May, May 1st, Michael Kasdan, Uncle Dave, and Uncle Josh are coming up to Syracuse. All right, number seven, it's the easiest one. Yeah. As, as I usually do, the last one is easiest. Which occurred more this month? A non Kasdan family member retweeting one of Jacob's tweets or Jacob retweeting himself? No. <laughs> No, not, not Jacob retweeting himself. Jacob retweeting himself. Jacob retweeting himself. You got it. Jacob I know exactly what you're talking about. What? I know exactly what you're talking about. I would tweet like something and then like the next day I'd retweet it or something like that. Why? Yeah, no, no, we haven't once. It was just Nick Nelson. Yeah. You do not like. Nick Nelson sucks and he destroys <laughs> Ah, here we go. Real life Jacob. Just, re- just rewrite, rewrite the tweet instead of retweeting yeah. your own tweet. What? Uh, yeah. What? Oh my god, Jacob. <laughs> oh my god. So that was Jacob's Twitter game. I don't know about you, but I need a warm bath after that. Ugh, it just makes me feel all weird. But uh until next month, we're gonna do this every month through baseball season. See what Jacob's up to. Uh hopefully the Yankees can maybe be play some competitive baseball, but I don't know. Uh, but until next month, I'll kick it back to Ori. All right. Thank you. That segment is still one of the funniest things. I think Michael really takes it home with the the Pokemon erection. I mean, I don't really know what to say to that, except for good luck, Jake. Next, we up have the the meat of our podcast. We have a NBA playoff preview. Uh, the NBA season's really heating up. Some really actually close races, both in the East and the West, and I think I'm really excited to see them. So I think we're each going to give a team to watch, a player to watch, and our finals prediction. So let's start out off with uh, Ellis. Ellis, what's your team to watch in the playoffs? Well, I could be biased and say Knicks. And just for, by the way, just for like viewers know, it's um there's about like 10 games left before the playoffs, depending on your team. But I think the team to watch is the Knicks. Um, oh, no, sorry. No, I would say, could say the Knicks. But I think the team to watch is the Suns. CP3 chasing the title. Um, we, we already know what's going to happen in the Eastern Conference, right? Like, you might have some first-round upsets. The Knicks and Hawks are scrappy. The Celtics are hot right now. And the Heat and the Heat play good team basketball. But the, almost certainly the Nets or 76ers are going to be the teams coming out of it. When maybe if Giannis catches this, catches fire and brings the Bucks to. But it's really Nets, 76ers, long shot Giannis. But the West. So it's not, it's not very interesting at that point. Other than the Knicks story arc as a Knicks fan. But the West. The West, on the other hand, they've got some killers. I think... I think they've got seven teams that could probably make the finals and play can keep up with the teams of the East. But right now, I have to choose the Suns. They're right now, it's second in the West, right? And some may say, well, the Jazz are first, and they're very they're, they're very similar. But that's not true. The Jazz play team basketball, but I think they first off, Mitchell's injured. Second off, I think where the Jazz are going to run into problems is they don't have a real scoring star. Mitchell's very good, but he's not elite yet, right? So I think when it comes down to it, LeBron James will just overpower them like he's done to so many teams. So will the Clippers. But the Suns not only play good team basketball with CP3, have a veteran presence. You've got a big man inside who's vastly underrated because he's in the same draft as Trey Young and Luka Doncic. DeAndre Ayton is a baller defensively and offensively, and he's only getting better. 
And then you got their scoring star who can catch and hit 60 a night with Devin Booker, the closest thing that to Kobe Bryant in the league right now. And with that, that's a big three. Don't underestimate yourself. I'm not saying they're going to be LeBron. I'm not saying they're going to be the Clippers, but that's a big three. I think a lot of people are writing off the Jazz and Suns as Hawk, as teams like the Hawks that got swept by LeBron, like the 2014 Hawks, who were just played very good team basketball. But we know in NBA, team basketball doesn't win you titles. The stars do. But the Jazz are in that category, even though I do love the Jazz. The Suns are not. They've got a big three. They can contest. This is a team that can make a run or because because right now they're scheduled to play the Trailblazers, who are a great team in the first round. They could also crash out of the first round. That's not even anything against them. That just shows how stacked the West is. So they are my team to watch. I, I saw some crazy statistic that like CB3 just turns every team that he goes to around. He's really the point god. And I mean... I'm just happy to have him on my fantasy team. Uh, 15 and one baby, just saying. Um, I'm facing Ellis in the playoffs. It's not looking good for him. But, I mean, other words aside, CP3 has just turned teams around. And he, I don't know. I don't know if he's underrated at this point, but I feel like he doesn't really deserve the credit. Like, he doesn't get the credit he really deserves because every team that he goes to just becomes a contender. I will say he is very much underrated. Like, if you think about it last year, last year when he was on the Thunder, they were trying to tank. And he took them to the playoffs. Like, he took a team that wanted to lose to the playoffs. Just think about how impressive that is. Like, that's something that very, very, very few players outside of, like, LeBron could possibly do. Breaking news. Um, our podcast has 3,000 downloads as of right now. Woo! Um, yeah, so. 3,000? I feel like um, we just said- well, actually, yeah, kind of. We've done pretty good recently. That doesn't count our YouTube. With our YouTube, we have about 3,700 all-time views, 3,600, maybe a little less. I think I'm exaggerating, but we'll pretend it's 3,600. So, yeah, so congrats to us. Continue on. I'm watching the Los Angeles Clippers. And if you remember last year, I feel like all, all the talk last year was about the Lakers and the Clippers, the big two, Kawhi and Paul George versus Anthony Davis and LeBron. And the Lakers got their title, but the Clippers lost in the semifinals. And it's been time and time again where in the past decade of Clippers basketball, they have so much talent. They're always contending, but they can never get past the second round. And they start off the season a little slow, but they've won nine of their last 10. They're going to lose tonight, but they won nine of their last 10. And I feel like with the Lakers and the injuries, and they're a higher seed than the Lakers, and we talked about the Jazz and obviously the Suns are a threat, but I feel like if there's any year like this, Kawhi and Paul George are both on the, they're on, wait, they're both on the other side of 30, right? Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are on the other side, on the wrong side of 30. No, no, sorry, 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 sorry. My bad. Kawhi's 29. I think Paul George is like 30, 31. Okay. Kawhi and Paul George are getting up there to the end of their prime. This is the year they have to do it. The West, I mean, the Suns are coming, but I don't know if they're quite there yet and the Lakers are a little bit banged up this is the year I'm watching the Clippers can they finally take the leap yeah I think that's a great point I mean they're they're perennial underperformers especially when it comes to like getting to that finals I feel like they've kind of plateaued but this might be their year and I think that's a great point uh Jeremy who do you have I think for me I actually instead of picking a team I wanted to almost pick injuries in general to me is the thing to watch just because I feel like this is the year, not that injuries aren't important in, in other years, but I feel like this is the year above all years where injuries have entirely changed the playoff picture, right? If it wasn't for the injuries to LeBron and AD, the Lakers are the clear favorites through the West. Not that other teams can't win, but it'd be pretty surprising if anything but the Lakers with a healthy AD and a healthy LeBron won. 
Now that both are injured, however, right, you can see teams like the Sun could win it, the Clippers could win it. Even the Jazz, I don't think they'd win it, but, like, I wouldn't be absolutely shocked. So it just really opens doors. In the Eastern Conference, and the other thing I was about the Western Conference where it affected it is the injury to Clay Thompson, right? Like, Steph Curry's having one of the best years, really one of his best years ever. And if you pair that with another star, who knows, maybe they'd be very much in it. And let's look at the Eastern Conference with the Nets, right? An entirely healthy Nets is almost impossible to stop, but we don't have an entirely healthy Nets. It's seemingly each player on the Nets consistently getting injured for a short period of time. So the problem is whenever they go into playoffs, who knows who will be healthy for how long, to what extent. So the only, to me, it seems like the big thing derailing the Nets is also the other the other favorite is also injuries. So I feel like to me, that's really the story this year is just health. This is the most jam-packed schedule of all NBA seasons and most so far, most in not major injuries, but most injuries in an NBA season. And it's only going to get worse from here as the playoffs go on. So I totally agree with Jeremy. I think that is the biggest X factor in all the playoffs for every single team. And it's just luck, which sucks, but it is what it is. I think, yeah, the big thing is that it's just worse this year. Like it always is to an extent. Like I remember the year uh, Kawhi first won. Part of it was that KD came back and got, obviously had a gruesome injury and a lot. The big part of that finals was injury. So it's not like injuries haven't been important in the past, but not on this mass scale. Yeah, I, I clearly COVID's not the only thing that's catching us around the league. It's also the, the injury bug. And Jake, who do you have um, as your team to watch right now? All right. So I'm going to have a little bit of bias here, but I think with good reason, my team to watch, New York Knicks, baby. Uh, we were on a nine-wing streak until halted tonight by the Phoenix Suns. Close game, lost by eight. You know, they ran up at the end with free throws. But it was really a close game. And yes, Ellis, I might have a little bit of bias. A lot of bias over here. But uh, this Knicks team, in the last 10 games, nine and one, like I just said. And uh, we're the fourth seed in the East. It looks like we've pretty much, I don't want to say cemented a spot, but it's looking pretty good that we will be in the playoffs this year. And uh, this team is, I don't want to say scary, but no one, no one wants to play them right now. They're playing really good team basketball. They're sharing the ball. They're star MVP candidate. And I think the favorite for most improved player of the year, Julius Randle, playing absolutely out of his mind, averaging 36 points a game in his last nine games, shooting around 45% from three and like 60% from the field, which is absolutely insane. He's picking up insane numbers. They're sharing the ball well. And uh, the second unit's playing well. Nerlens Wells playing well. Taj Gibson's playing well. And I think come playoffs, this Knicks team is going to play. A, this Knicks team is going to play someone like the Hawks or the Celtics in the first round. And the Hawks or Celtics, Heat or Hornets, like someone that in the first round. And I think we match up pretty well against those teams. I definitely don't think this is our year to make it to the finals, or or even even the Eastern Conference Finals. But uh, this Knicks team has made. It's made sports enjoyable right now because I don't have the Yankees. Daniel, shut up. <laughs> I don't have the Yankees right now, so I'd rather watch a Knicks game. It's crazy to say. I'd rather watch a Knicks game. But, uh, yeah, my team to watch going to the playoffs is the, the New York Knicks. And with that, my player to watch, Jay Money, Dr. J, Julius Randle. I already said it all. Dr. J, Julius Randle, most improved player, MVP candidate, Julius Randle, best player in the Eastern Conference. Right. I don't think that's honestly that hot of a take. Like he's having a, an insane season and he's really kind of backing it up. And speaking of uh, people that are having insane season, Ellis, how about you? Who's your player to watch? I'm going to go with Joel Embiid. Moving to the East, which we don't like to discuss that much. Um, 
Joel Embiid is probably – he would be the MVP if he stayed healthy the whole season. But it's even then, it's a three-man race right now, and he's, I think, in second, in a close second. Can, can he get the 76ers team to beat the Nets? It all relies on him because he's the – 76ers, they are a little better at spacing the floor, but still not that good. So they know the what's coming, and the Nets know what's coming. The question is, can they stop it? And that lives and dies by Joel Embiid. So Joel Embiid is my – key player daniel who's your player to watch yeah and i was thinking about this but i feel like there's only one correct answer and it's james harden because in a playoff without james harden i think you don't even need to look at the eastern conference i think it's whoever comes out of the west but james Harden changes uh changes everything i mean this is an mvp level player the nets without him are a good team but they're not as talented as those in the west with James Harden, that changes everything. Now, the question is, when is he going to come back? I think the Nets can survive the first two rounds. But once they get and they play the 76ers or maybe the Knicks. Or the Knicks. I literally just said that. In the in the Eastern Conference Finals, I think they need James Harden. And I think, yeah, we're not just talking about, like, you know, like a good scorer, a bench player. This is an MVP player. And the Nets are still one in the East with James Harden being hurt. But it's the difference between being one in the East and contending for a championship. That's what the difference is when you look at the playoffs. Jeremy, how about you? So for me, I think to me, I was thinking too, the one I'm going to go with is Kawhi Leonard. To me, it's just because we have two entirely different Kawhis and two entirely different playoffs, right? Like two years ago, if you look at it in the final with the Raptors versus the Warriors, he's the hero. He beats the Vontae Golden State Warriors he takes his team on his back. But then we go last last year, it's the opposite, right? They don't even make it to the Lakers. He plays a terrible series, which is what's largely what knocks them out of the playoffs. So I guess to me, it's just the question is, which Kawhi is going to show up this year? So that's a huge part about whether the team can, basically whether the Clippers can do it or not. Jacob, you want to redeem yourself? Yeah, I've got one more player to watch other than Julius Randle, which is one of my favorite players to watch right now. But uh, I'm going to go another injured injured player and another team on the, in the Eastern Conference with a fringe playoff team. I'm going to go Lamella Ball. This Hornets team, they're they're really missing him, and uh, he's he's electric for them. He's he's their leading assist man. He just he just allows them to move the pace so much faster. And this Hornets team is also playing very good basketball. And I think Lamella Ball just takes them to the next level that they need to make a make a make a deep run into the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. So Lamelo Ball is my second player to watch other than Dr. J. All right. So with that, let's move on to our finals prediction. Uh this is where we kind of guess two best teams, mine uh currently Pistons versus um Lakers. Pistons Lakers, Pistons win in 7. It's going to be an exciting game. We're going to run back the bad boys. Else, how about you? Yeah, um, as Jeremy said, this might be one of the hardest things to predict because of the injuries. And see, the okay, I'm going to go Nets for the East. I'm contingent that they stay healthy. I don't think the 76ers team has enough firepower. If they don't stay healthy, I'm going 76ers. Now, on the flip side, I'm going to go with the Lakers. I know it's boring, but LeBron has done it way too many times. To It's so easy to doubt him because there's seven teams that I think could beat the Lakers in this conference. But... LeBron, AD is one of the best players in the league. LeBron has just done it so many times that it's just like, I, I can't, can you pick against him? When, when is the last time he was knocked out of um, the playoffs before the finals? Like, been a long, long time. And I just, 
there's so many good teams. I don't even really want LeBron to win because it's just been so long. I'm a LeBron fan, but I just it's just too much. But yeah, the Lakers, the Lakers. Wait till LeBron doesn't win a playoff um, series in the West or East, and I'll, I'll then I'll choose against the Lakers. Uh, my finals prediction. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna agree with Ellis. I'm gonna go Lakers in the West. And as Ellis said, Nets, if they're healthy in the East, if not, then the Sixers. But I think Lakers, I'm, I think it's most likely Lakers, Nets, and uh, LeBron takes home the chip yet again. To me, the one thing is that in many sports, they're, they are very unpredictable. Like you look at football, it's very hard to predict year to year. Obviously, Brady's been very good recently, but it's very hard to predict year to year who's going to make it to the finals. It's not really the same with NBA to me. Right, like this is a league that a few years ago had the same finals matchup three years in a row, which, if you think about it, in other leagues, is absolutely insane. So I'm uh, the reason I all say this is I'm going to go Lakers Nets, which is boring, and yes, again, assuming health, but it's just basketball's not, especially with a seven game playoff, just not that unpredictable. So I feel like you'd be wrong to not go with the favorites here. Yeah, good point. And Danny, who are you taking? I'm going to go with the Nets. I just think James Harden comes back, and I think they tread water without him, and then they turn it on with him. And then I'm going to go with the Lakers. I mean, no, I'm not going to go with the Lakers. I'm going to go with the Clippers. Like I said, their time. Uh, I'm going to change it up. Yeah, but I feel like I know basketball enough to realize that the Lakers are going to win. All right, very nice. Let's move on with that to some of our actual predictions this week. Um, it's a new week for predictions. Um, so hopefully Ellis can get something right going on this week uh hopefully daniel can reclaim his title uh so let's run through it kind of quickly let's start with some um some games that we all have pretty much good amount of agreement on bulls versus hawks ellis why are you taking the hawks and why is everyone well, taking the hawks the bulls zach levine is absolutely brilliant he needs to get out of there but this is just the bull suck other than zach levine the bulls suck and the Haw- hawks Vucevic. Since- yeah but look at their win record with him he hasn't been playing that bad but they haven't meshed exactly um the Hawks, when under new coach, have been playing well. They're fifth in the East, a game behind, a game, a half game behind the Knicks right now. Just a better team. All right, uh, Jeremy, why are we taking the Bucks over the Nets? You're the only one. Well, Ori, it's just that generally, you know, given given how my intellect, I don't generally worry about going on my own. You know, like I, if I'm a lone stallion against three, usually I'm like a much bigger horse. But anyways, my own point is that. I think the Bucks are, are a very high-effort team, which is very good for the regular season. Giannis absolutely dominates in these situations, usually. The thing about the Nets is they're not really healthy. They're battling a number of injuries. And while they may clean it up for the playoffs, and in the playoffs, I think I'd go Nets. I think in this particular moment in time, it'd feel wrong to put the Nets over the Bucks. And uh, Jake, why are we taking the, the Nets otherwise? You can speak for Daniel and Ellis, and I know you'll enjoy doing this. Yeah, uh, I don't need to hear a stupid and idiot Red Sox fan speak um, when I don't need to. But uh, yeah, me, Ellis, and Dan are taking the Nets just because obviously Durant and Irving both healthy. And credits to Kyrie playing through Ramadan, fasting during the day between the sun, sunrise and sunset. Absolutely amazing. Is he Muslim? Yeah, he is. Oh, I know Who that. Is? Oh, interesting. Kyrie. That's insane. That's it's insane. Ramadan, so he's playing at the highest level and not eating for the whole day, which is insane. But, uh, yeah, Kevin Durant's just too hard to stop. And him paired with Kyrie is just impossible for this Bucks team, in my opinion. Because other than Giannis, they don't have that bona fide star that can just slow them down. So that's why I'm taking the Nets. Daniel, uh, as the biggest Knicks fan here, why are you taking the Knicks over the Grizzlies? 
I haven't been watching most basketball here, but I've been, you know, keeping my Daniel, uh, name two players on the Grizzlies. Uh, ja. Yeah. And uh, mm. is Mike Connolly still alive? He's not on the Grizzlies. Yeah, he's not on the Grizzlies, though. Zach Randolph must be dead at this point, right? Yeah, Zebo's dead. Okay. Uh, dead. I don't know. I don't know, buddy. Wow. Kyle Anderson. Fantasy Jeremy, go. One guy on the Dodgers. All right, we're not going. We're not doing this. Why the f- would I want to know? Oh, Mookie Betts. B- Jacob, take it away. My New York Knicks, Julius Randle, Dr. J having an MVP season. As I said earlier, this Knicks team is fun to watch, and uh, they're playing great team basketball. RJ Barrett averaging 26 points a game in the second half. Reggie Bullock shooting the ball well. Alec Burke shooting the ball well. D. Rose and quickly off the bench playing very, very good. I think this is the best we've seen D. Rose since 2011. And uh, this team, this defense, this Knicks defense is disgusting. Lowest scoring or highest, I guess, best defense in the league points per game. The lowest scoring defense, which is absolutely insane. And uh, that's why we're taking the Knicks here. Go Knicks. Go Knicks. Uh, and we're all picking the Knicks. All right. Uh, we have another great game for you coming on Saturday. Clippers versus Nuggets. Uh, Jeremy, why are you the only one taking the Nuggets? The thing about the Nuggets, it's just to me the level Jokic is playing at. He's playing very much at an MVP level. I don't know if he'll win it, but he's certainly in the runnings for it. He gets better every year. And I just think, Again, to me, it's the same thing I'd say about Giannis. He's a very high-effort player, which, well, in the playoffs, I'd pick the Clippers. In the regular season, high effort generally makes me tend to pick the Nuggets. Ellis, why are you taking the Clippers? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Nuggets this year have been – they've been very good, and Jokic obviously is probably going to be the MVP, but they've lost some weird games to some weird opponents, like some mid-tier opponents. And they've, of course, been very good opponents, but a little too much losses to mid-tier opponents for my liking – Clippers, um, I just think they're the better team in the end, and they haven't had those lapses in concentration as bad. So give me the Clippers. All right. Moving on to baseball, Daniel. Why are you taking the Padres over the Giants? I think it's a pretty easy, easy explanation, Daniel, but you can speak for all of us. Yeah, I think the Padres, you know, the Giants have a better record, but I, you look at a talent level of these two teams, and I think it's just not comparable. Um, the Padres have gotten a little unlucky um, playing the Dodgers seven times in a week, a week and a half. Um, but they proved how good they are because they won the majority of those games. Well, yeah, they won the majority of those games. So I think it's just, you know, you can't, it's hard to predict baseball in a three-game series, but I got the Padres. Tatis is going off right now. First round pick, first pick of the draft. Let's go. Well done. Uh, Jacob, tell us why you're taking the Mets over the Cardinals. Yeah, so for me, I think this Mets team, uh, as much as I hate to say it, they're playing good baseball right now. And um, they're playing. They're playing better than expected. They're hitting the ball well. Alonzo's getting it together. JD Davis hitting around 370, I think. Uh, they have someone else hitting about 400. And um, this pitching staff for the Mets, Jacob Degrom, as Dan said in the tip-off earlier, having an absolutely insane season. Even though the, the wins don't don't add up there, his ERA and his strikeouts per nine is absolutely insane. And to me, this Mets team has a a better pitching staff. So uh, I'm taking the Mets. Daniel, why are you taking the Cardinals? Why am I taking the Cardinals? Um, because the Mets are 9-8, and eight and they haven't played a single uh, team over 500. And they won't have DeGrom in the series. He's going Wednesday against the Red Sox. And I, you know, I'm very high on the Mets, but the Cardinals are playing good baseball too. Um, and I just think the Mets haven't really gotten it going this year, and I'm just going to pick the Cardinals. Um, Last one, we'll have Jeremy explain why he uh, he picks Cardinals because it's always fun to see Hold Jeremy on, explain baseball. So for me, the Mets. That's that's my explanation. 
The Mets, they're, I'm telling you, whenever, when the Mets can get a fan base, more than one fan, then I will support the Mets. That's my... Jeremy, that's my, what, what about um uh, the Mets and their stadium? What do you have to say about that again? Oh, yeah, you know, I mean, I just thought that was kind of old, but the Mets aren't the biggest thing in their stadium. It's the U.S. Open, you know? If the U.S. Open exists, I can't pick the Mets. That's, that's essentially the way it goes. Because the Mets have met their match with the U.S. Open. All right. Well said. Ellis, you want to close us off? Um, just for all of our listeners, Ellis is currently rocking the Erling Air- Air- Holland haircut. Is that is that what you're going for, buddy? Um, I haven't gotten a haircut in four months. May 18th haircut, then May 20th vaccine. Hey, yes, congratulations. It's going to be a good week. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. But I, got, I got like the drip bangs here. Look, oh, you can't no, see you Shut up, Fox. Fox, I've done so many compliments, so calm down. There's nothing drip about you. It's straight drip. It's actually straight drip. The the, the wave, you like, can't do it now. i got to get out of the shower, but, you know, it's long and sexy. But, like, uh, in, fa- in fairness to me, when is my hair not sexy? And sexy, when am oh, I not sexy? All right, Ellis, with that, let's move on to your game stat track. Please explain it to us in really confusing terms like you do every time. That was literally once. So, stat track, I have three stat tracks for you. And, yeah. Or calm down. And the first one, since it's the NFL draft and QBs are the center of the NFL draft, I thought I would do some NFL draft stat tracks for the first one. All right. Out of 34 first-round QBs drafted since 2010, there are blank with a Super Bowl ring. How name how many and can you name all of them? There's wait, there's wait. since 2010. Ooh, I'm good at this. I could do this. 34 first round picks. With so this quarterbacks, well, quarterback. mind you, remember, of course, that picking a quarterback in the first round means you're trying to win a Super Bowl, but only three have done it. So, which three well, are what them? is Blaine Gabbert, baby? And that is correct. That's 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 the throw, but obviously, you're a Buccaneers fan. So, one's Blaine Gabbert on the bench. Tom Brady's. Oh, are we talking? Does bench count too? Okay, yeah, yeah, bench counts. So, so, so one, are we counting Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz, that's two. Carson Wentz, yeah, Carson, Carson Wentz counts. He got them there, Jared Goff. Wait, no, it's just kidding. It's win. winning, winning. Yeah, no, we've had multiple that I'm are- not sure what year. No, no, it's not Pax. I was going to say Paxton Lynch, but that's not the right year. No, no I know what you mean. Oh, because you're thinking with the uh, under Peyton. It was Brock Osweiler. That was the Peyton one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you want me to Brock give you- Osweiler one of them? I know. I don't want to, I don't want to hint. And Patrick Mahomes. Is that it or is there more? Patrick Mahomes. The three. Mahomes, Wentz, and- uh, No, I, did I say three? I thought you should have guessed three. I, I, did I say three? I don't think I said three. Oh, I did. All right. Well, then, yeah. Then, yeah. Those are the three. Okay. That's pretty. But I thought that was pretty crazy just because, you know, teams drafting QBs in the first. There's five first round QBs in this draft, and yet only three of all time have won a Super Bowl, and only one has started. Uh, to be fair with Carson Wentz, though, that wasn't entirely Wentz's fault. That was situational. Fair Gab- enough. So I think, like, I'd count that as one and a half. Gabbard doesn't count as starting. Gabbard yeah. definitely does not count as All right. Starting. Let's move on to some NFL, but defensively. So these are two defensive ends. One's very highly rated, deservingly so. The other is medium rated, but deserves to be highly rated. Defensive end one, 15 games this season, 15 games played, 32 solo tackles, 44 combined tackles, 7.5 sacks, 10 tackles for loss, 12 QB hits, pro bowler. Player two, 14 games played, 35 solo tackles, three more. 58 combined tackles, 14 more, 9 sacks, 1.5 more, 8 tackles for loss, 21 QB hits. No Pro Bowl. No. No Pro Bowl for second one, even though he has better stats than him in the last games played, other than tackles for loss. 
And both are very good, by the way. Both of these are very, very good stats. But one of these players is an elite player that you know of as an elite player. The other one is like a mid-tier player that's actually been playing elite. Is one yeah, this Cameron, a hint. Is one Cameron Jordan? Um, one one defensive end. I'll do. You want me to give you like the division plan? Yeah, give me. Yeah. Give me. Wait, Alice, how many sacks were there? Do you say that or no? Ten. Uh, yeah. Uh, sacks. One seven and a half. One nine. Right. Yeah. I actually didn't say sacks. Oh no, I did say sacks. Seven point five sacks for player one. Nine sacks for player two. Do you want me to give you division? Player one's in NFC East, and player two is NFC South. Is one of them a uh, Shaq Barrett? No. Good guess. Wait, you said NFC East, NFC South. Yeah, NFC East, NFC South. So think of think of an elite defensive Chase end Young. from is one Chase, of them- Young, Chase Young is player one. He's the elite defensive end that everyone considers elite and goes to the Pro Bowl, yeah. and he is elite. But player two is what will shock you. It was supposed to shock uh-huh. you. Mm. Um, let me look up the NFC South. Yeah, I'm not sure actually. Was on a team that made the playoffs last year? No, well now it's only tiered down to two teams, so you better get it. Falcons or uh, Panthers, all right? Bye. Yeah. Vic Beasley. No, Vic Beasley's not in the Falcons. Uh, I'm just. Come on, this is actually proving my point though. That how does no one know him? But yeah, I know. Like I'm trying to look up a list of defensive ends on those teams. Tell me if you give up. That's cheating. I give up. I'm not going to cheat like Jeremy. Uh, I, sure. I, there's a reason I'm not guessing. I, I don't want to look up like the stats. Jacob, do you give up? Or do you want to guess one more time? I don't know. The Falcons or Panthers? Brian Burns? Yeah. I know, I know the Panthers from Madden. From Madden, baby. Brian Burns is an absolute beast. And yeah, he's having. he had a great season last year. He's been consistent for a lot of his years and extremely underrated. Sure, he made the Pro Bowl last year. All right, and our last stat track is all right, ready? These are two guards. All right, two guards. Player A. Like this year's stats or last year's stats? This year. Points per game. Um, there's not games played, but player A has played less games than player B. Points per game, 21.3. 4.8 assists, four rebounds, 48% field goal percentage, 41% three-point percentage. Offensive ratings, 120. Defensive rating, 117. Player B, 21.2 points per game 5.9 assists which is better 4.8 assists which is better 45 percent field goal percentage three point percentage 40 offensive rating 104 defensive rating 111 so better defensive rating a little worse offensive rating again this follows the same theme of these players are as you can see very equal and yet considered pretty elite and the others considered good and you need clues for one or two we want to try going okay player one is in the west player two is in the east and i'm just both gonna that. yeah both starters um yeah well, both they're, not pretty nec- good. they're both pretty good three-point shooters yeah both not necessarily no one on the knicks nope no one on the knicks both not necessarily playing right now because i don't know their injury status okay. um or i do but so, i'm concealing it but um one so one's east and one's west correct jamal murray yeah that's one i just gave it away by the injury <laughs> but I, I had to say that because it'd be too confusing so the elite player is jamal murray right but this player is putting up similar stats to jamal murray in the east do you want to be a starter? 21.3. Yeah, he's a starter. Um, it's in the Wait, heat. how many points per game? Um, no, he's on the heat. Uh, 21.2. But let me confirm that with you. It's almost. Bro, or don't look it up. I'm not. 21.2 points like per game. He's like a better scorer. He, no, he's a, he's a little worse scorer, but he does everything else better. Um, well, slightly better. Yeah. It's very equal. Do you want, do you want play up, play, playoff team or not? Here? No. Do you want playoff team or not? Do you want sure. that? Sure. This is currently not a playoff team. Okay, so wait, so out of the below ten, then you're saying it could be Magic, Pistons, Cavaliers, Raptors, Bulls, Wizards, Pacers. Well, it's not. No, no, no. Ellis, not ten is considered a playoffs. Oh, I so forgot Bulls. about that. Okay, so it is the playoff team. Well, that gives away. No, so that means it's the Pacers or the Bulls, uh, or the Wizards, or the Wizards. Yeah. Uh, it's not Beal or Westbrook. 
No. Yeah. Malcolm Brogdon. Exactly. Malcolm Brogdon and Jamal Murray. Jacob, good job to <sighs> Great stats. And I think that is the end of our stat track. So I'm Bro, insightful it's that, things. It's that, it's that sport management right there. Hey, yo. All right. So let's move on to a quick wacky sport of the week. So this wacky sport of the week is, and we're stalling again. Is it Frisbee? Camp. No. Uh, Jacob would get too mad at me and maybe we cut it, even though it is quite wacky and not a sport. So it could be a wacky sport of the week if it's not a sport. This wacky sport of the week is Joffa Racing. So what are you doing Joffa Racing? Well, it's actually not really a sport. It's a charity event, but it acts as a sport where 75,000 Jaffas, lollies, um, uh, like the lollipop, like the chocolate lollies, um, are, are rolled down the steepest street in the world, which is in Baldwin Street, Dunedin, New Zealand. Um, Jaffas, if you didn't know, are red-shelled chocolate candies, very popular in Australia and New Zealand, but they're all over the world. Um, it started in 2001, and it's used as charity. And they can reach up the speed to 100, um, to 100 kilo, oh, I don't know the degree of unit, it's some New Zealand degree of unit, kilo K, KPH, and it's down 19 degree radiant, shout out Alec Glenn, 350 meter long street, which is the steepest street in the world. And these balls, these chocolate balls roll. And the event is also known as the running of the balls. Get it? Running of the bulls. <laughs> Each Jaffa is numbered and you, you can buy a Jaffa for a dollar. And that's what goes to charity. And, um, and there are three races. How much you pay constitutes which race you're in. And if you win, you get like a small cash compensation. But like most of it goes to charity. But it's a fun, cute thing happening in New Zealand. Check it out on YouTube. So yeah, that is Jaffa Racing. And yeah, let us with that conclude the podcast. All right, here's our some news and notes. All right, uh, follow us on social media, Twitter at what.podcast and Instagram at what.podcast. That's W-O-T.P-O-D-C-A-S-T, capital W for Twitter, all lowercase for Instagram. Instagram, you know the spiel. You get some cake social media manager Katie posts. You get some Al's Photoshop posts. Um, and you always know when the new podcast is out and links in our bio to watch it. Twitter, you get the Daniel live tweeting on Daisy Feels Like It. Plus, he also informs you on Daisy Feels Like It when the podcast is out. So go check that out. Um, subscribe to our podcast and wherever you listen to our podcast. That could be Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, and countless others. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, including our social media sites, you can go get it. So there's no excuse. Subscribe to our YouTube at, at Who's On Top. That is W that's S. O-N-T-O-P. I remember the O-N this time. And, you know, do all the YouTube stuff. Turn on notifications, like, comments, um, view. Yeah, that's if you want to see our very cute faces. Um, I think that might be it for notes, maybe. Anyone got notes? Have fun with the NBA draft. Everyone who listens, who observes the NBA draft as Fox would say. Um, NFL! Oh, wow. I guess because I just talked about the NBA. Oh. That's embarrassing. Anyway, have fun with the NFL draft. Those who observe. I'm super excited. We'll have a reaction episode coming out a week later. So enjoy that. So yeah, so I keep a lookout for that. And this was a really great episode. So listen to this episode as well. You're already listening to it. So listen to past episodes too, because they're as great. So yeah, with that, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and goodbye. Bye.